Welcome to Brand New Doctor. My name is Rola Carajo, doctor turned healthcare graphic designer and brand strategist. This is the show where we share big ideas and look for inspiration in all kinds of places to help you grow a fulfilling career in healthcare. Following a path to success is one thing, but carving your own is another. So this is for you if you want to go beyond book smart. On this podcast, we talk a lot about carving our own paths, particularly in healthcare. And this is all about exploring your own potential on your own terms and creating your own opportunities for the future. I want to share with you actual tangible tools to help you to do this. So today, I want to talk to you about a bias towards action. You may have heard this phrase before, but I want to talk about how we can actually create it in our own lives. So having a bias towards action simply means that we spend more time doing, creating and building than we do thinking, theorizing or worst of all, ruminating. This is important for a couple of reasons. Number one is that it is good for our mental well-being. Those feelings of anxiety, discouragement or just feeling down that can come along the way in life and work are helped by taking action in one way or another. There's evidence of this when it comes to managing depression, but the same applies in our emotions day to day. It can be through taking small decisive steps or just physically getting yourself moving. And this has a lot to do with engaging with the present rather than thinking about the future or past. And number two is that when you are carving a path for yourself in your life, you don't necessarily have a structure to follow. You have to build that structure for yourself and you have to take more initiative than other people to bring your ideas into reality. Whether that's creating new opportunities for yourself in your job or your career or creating a new career path entirely, starting a business, building a reputation, creating a service or product or whatever it may be, there is a lot more self-motivated action that you need to take. Going with the flow or going through the motions is simply not enough. So having a bias towards action gets us to where we want to go and it builds our confidence that we can do difficult things and make difficult choices in the process. I believe that when you don't have this, a lot of those negative emotions like anxiety or discouragement are created in the long time delay between thinking about doing something and actually getting to do it. How often do you delay doing something important and the task gets more daunting in your mind and you beat yourself up for not having started already. So there are three major things that can get in the way and lead us down this spiral. And I'm going to share ways that you can work through them so that you can take decisive action. Number one, doubt. Consciously or unconsciously, we ask ourselves questions every day. What should I wear to this important dinner tonight? How do I get this thing done in an hour? Should I keep trying to make this work? But there is a difference between questions that help us and questions that hurt us. I call this searching or doubting. Searching leads us to consider our options, better ways to do things, or factors we need to take into account. And as a result, it leads us to take appropriate action. 
doubting leads to rumination, replaying of events of the past, and diminishing confidence in our ability. And as a result, inaction. Searching is a healthy examination of ourselves and what we are doing that drives us to do what we need to do to get us to where we need to go. Doubt, on the other hand, is an imprecise dissection of our character that is crippling to us and keeps us right where we are. And in fact, oftentimes, we feel worse than when we started. So how can we distinguish between doubting and searching? We have to consider whether our line of questioning is making us feel worse as a person. Do our questions lead to criticism without objective ideas on how to improve? Does it only lead us to ask more questions rather than take action? Or have you been reworking a plan over and over again without ever taking the first step to do it? If it's yes to any of these things, then it's doubt. So what do we do about it? Well, I believe that doubt actually comes from a place of trying to protect ourselves. We are trying to spare ourselves from failure, humiliation, or some other real or imagined negative consequence of some kind. If we sense a danger of any of these things happening, we stay frozen like a deer in headlights, believing that it is safer to stay still than keep moving, when in fact, the opposite is true. Yes, we may need more information to know what to do next, but we need to learn to phrase our questions in a way that actually leads to action rather than more rumination. Instead of asking, am I good enough to apply for this job? We can ask, what skills and experience is required for this job and how do I demonstrate them? Don't ask, what's the point of working on this idea? Will it lead anywhere? Instead ask, how can I research or who can I speak with to validate my idea? What examples or models are already out there that are analogous with my idea? Which role models can I study to show me what's possible? I talked about the doubt and rumination that comes with leaving clinical practice and often we will ask ourselves, should I feel guilty about leaving a clinical position? And we need to recognize the question underneath, which in this case is, is this decision in accordance with my values? And to help us take action, we need to ask ourselves, what needs to change to preserve my well-being? So turn doubting into searching. Don't ask questions that you wouldn't voice out loud to another person. Questions that would be insensitive, unfair, or that no one can objectively answer without going down a rabbit hole. Instead. Ask yourself, what is the actual outcome you are looking for and how do you get there? Ask questions that lead you to take action. Number two, perfectionism. If you're like me, this just may be the main cause of procrastination. We've all been in this situation. You have a big assignment to do and you want to do it well. And in your mind, that means it will take so much time and so much energy, you feel like you will have to move mountains to get this thing right. And at that time, 
You don't feel like you have it in you. You've put the task on a pedestal and made it bigger than you. So you procrastinate. You delay and delay and the task becomes more and more daunting to you. Meanwhile, your anxiety about it is growing. But then suddenly the deadline is just around the corner and you don't have time to fret over getting it just right. It's in that moment that you realize that done is better than perfect, to quote Sheryl Sandberg. You just have to do it. And somehow, you get it done. You maybe even surprise yourself and make it something that you didn't think you could. So how do we realize that done is better than perfect sooner to save ourselves the pain? To be honest, you're lucky if you even have a deadline. What about those plans you make off your own back that no one is holding you accountable to? How about when doing this thing could benefit you in what feels like a far off distant future and there are no consequences for not doing it in your very real and very relevant present? How do you jump to the conclusion that done is better than perfect then? You could just keep dreaming about it if you wanted to. Now. Aside from the obvious solution of creating accountability and deadlines for myself, what has helped me and will help you too is working iteratively. This means you make several versions of your project, each one improving on the last. That is to say that you work in a way that recognizes that perfection is never achieved, but improvement is always possible. This is how I work as a designer. And I apply this in other areas of my life too. So why does this work? It lowers the barrier to entry and it takes your project or task off the pedestal. If you know that you don't have to get it right the first time, you can start with the basics. Anytime you've seen a beautiful design, whether it is a billboard or clothing, a phone or seamlessly run service, you name it, I can guarantee you that there were many iterations that came before it that the creators would not have wanted you to see. So give yourself the prompt. If this is just for me to see, what does it look like? Take the pressure off. It will serve you well to get into the habit of sketching out the bare bones of what you want to create on one single piece of paper as soon as the idea comes to you to do this thing. Write down all of your thoughts in bullet point form or even a mind map. Just outline the structure. And this works for anything. It can be a product, a service, an app, a research paper, a new routine. Whatever it is, use the simplest language to convey your ideas with the aim of making it understandable to just you for now. Now this is the important step. No matter what you put down, congratulate yourself. Because you just made your first iteration. And this first real imperfect iteration is better than any imagined perfect version for the simple fact that it actually exists. And now you can make another iteration and another iteration. And you can do this as many times as you need to in small steps until it makes sense to another person or it meets an objective endpoint. Not until it's quote unquote good enough because this is an ever-shifting goalpost. Remember that you can still improve on things that have been put out into the world and shown to other people 
And in fact, you should. Done is better than perfect applies with every small action you take. So congratulate yourself for every iteration you make. Remind yourself that every small action that gets done is better than any perfect action that is only imagined. Number three, distraction. It is easy to get overwhelmed in the world we live in today. If it's not social media, TV, or the news, then it is the sheer number of places we have to be and the tasks that we need to do. There may be legitimate tasks, and we may not think of these as distractions, but in fact, they are if they're taking us away from that important thing we really need to do. Our calendar can be ruled by distractions, which cut up our time into what I've heard described as time confetti. That is, thin slices of time that only allow us to skim the surface and don't leave enough breathing space for your idea or your project to take shape. Can you really work on your business idea or dive in deep with an old hobby in the half hour slot you have between meetings? Maybe, but at least not in a meaningful way. Well, we can't create more time, but we can create more space in our lives to take action on the things that matter. Imagine you have a suitcase and it's all you can take on a flight, but the most important thing you need to carry in it is also the largest. Maybe it's a dress or a suit to wear at a wedding. What do you do? Well, naturally, you put that important thing in first and everything else has to fit around it. And you get very economical with everything else. You cut out what you don't need, you bundle up the essentials as tightly as possible and you group the things that fit well together so that they take up less space. This is exactly what we have to do with our schedules. We need to be decisive. I say this all the time. The hardest thing is deciding what to do. Once that's clear, you do it. So we need more clarity in our lives. We need to decide what are the most important things for us to do in any given period of time. I normally start with a month. So book in time for those important things first before you put anything else down in your schedule. Everything else has to fit around this and you have to decide what you can cut out, what you can cut down and what you can fit together so that it takes up less space in your diary. To take a low priority meeting, can you cut it out entirely? Can you make it shorter but more to the point? Can you combine it with another meeting and address multiple issues at the same time? I'm using the word diary, but what I'm talking about is your mental space. I'm talking about a meeting, but really I'm talking about anything that can take your focus away from what's important. And it's up to you to decide what that is. It's not all about work. It might also be about spending time with your family or spending time reconnecting with an old dear friend of yours. I can't stress enough how helpful it is to know what is the most important thing for you to achieve on any given day. Not the most urgent, but the most important. It's actually soothing to know that you're in control of your time. When you know what is most important, you spend more time acting on what matters most. And everything else naturally falls where it should. Just like that suitcase. It's very simple, but training your sights on the most important goal 
will orient all your actions towards making it happen. So make sure that your schedule, your routine, your calendar, your mental space is ruled by your highest goals, not your distractions. So there it is. Three ways we can create a bias towards action by overcoming doubt, perfectionism, and distraction. This is what we need to get different results in our lives. And it's how we take ownership of our journeys and carve our own paths. And I know it sounds simple, but anytime I've been in a rut, it's been taking action that has gotten me out of it. Not overthinking and definitely not stirring in the past. And I'm sure you can say the same for you too. So if you're already feeling that January hasn't gone so well, these are basic tools to help you achieve your goals in any part of your life and get back on course to where you want to be. Now trust me, simple is not the same as easy. I know firsthand that these things take time and they take practice and I am still learning on a daily basis. But I trust that if I keep taking action in the right direction, I'll eventually get to where I want to be one day. And I absolutely believe the same thing for you too. Let me know if you found this helpful. It is the end of January, but this year is still new enough. So I'm wishing you a happy new year and your heart's desire in 2024. Thank you for listening to this episode of Brand New Doctor. I hope it inspired you in your personal journey. Check out the notes for a summary of the show with all of the important links. And if you enjoyed this, 